Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Welcome to the podcast live. It is the 11th day of March in the year 2020. I'm joined by two of my favorite people, not just on the platform, but in life, Jordan Paris and Hala Taha, two exceptional human beings who are, who are incredible podcasters. I've had the privilege of having them both on my show, the podcast. I've been on Jordan's show and I'm patiently waiting for my invite from Hala to come in the mail. I hear that she mails um, physical invitations. It's kind of like a wedding invitation. When you're invited onto her show, it kind of unfolds like an origami flower um, these, these little angels and butterflies come out of it and they, they welcome you onto a show. I, I kid, I kid, but these two, um, I've had the incredible privilege to be able to learn from both of them, uh, both near and far watching how they have developed their shows, have they, how they create their audiences, how they promote them, um, and technically how they do it. So I thought it'd be awesome today to use this LinkedIn live platform to bring experts together uh, and talk about their shows and some of the early challenges, some of the early successes, uh, and some of their keys to success. Uh, the first thing that I really want to talk about is I hear everyone saying that, giving advice, saying that everybody, if you have an inkling of doing a podcast, should do a podcast, should try it. Holla, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think podcasts- Sorry, I'm are, trying everybody... to promote your show. That's why, that's why I'm looking down. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, like what, what people say, like everybody should have a podcast, everybody should do a podcast. I mean, would you give the same guidance or are there certain questions that you would ask yourself first before saying, you know what, I'm going to try a podcast? Um, I definitely think that if you have something, oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, so for I everyone that doesn't know, LinkedIn has a delay on the LinkedIn line. Okay. So um, I would definitely say that starting a podcast, it's not too late. So if you do want to start a podcast, it's definitely not too late. I remember two years ago, everybody was telling me that the podcast market was too saturated. Don't start a podcast. And look at, look at me now. I'm a top 10 self-improvement podcast with thousands of downloads each episode. So it's, it's not true. Um, there's always room for everyone. We live in a world of abundance. And so I really feel that way that anybody can be a podcaster. Um, the thing is, is, is what are your reasons? You have to have the right reasons. So do you want to learn from someone? Uh, do you want to learn from people who you otherwise wouldn't be able to talk to? That's one of my main drivers. So um, all these people that I talk to, like for instance, I interviewed Jordan Harbinger. He's literally my podcasting idol. And I got to ask him questions that I was truly interested and in, wanted to learn from him. Same with like Robert Greene. He's my favorite author. I had him on the show and I got to actually talk to somebody who I've been reading his book since I was like 12 years old. So um it's really cool when you have the right reasons. If you also are an expert and you want to share your advice, um, I think it works. If you're just trying to like drive people, <clears throat> drive people to a product, or um, if it's just like a sales motive, like you're not going to do well. If you don't have time to do it consistently or with quality, you're not going to do well. If you don't have time to promote your podcast, you're not going to do well. So I think that you need to have the right motives, and then you also need to have the time and. Um, the willingness to put in the work because it is a lot of work. It's not as easy as everybody thinks. Yeah. And we're, we're going to talk about the work that goes into it in a little bit. Jordan, what's your take on this? I second everything that Hollis said. Plus, if you're going to, if, if money is one of your main concerns, 
going into it and you don't have a built-in audience like Tim Ferriss, who had, what, two, three New York Times bestselling books under his belt when he decided to start a podcast, right? Uh, it's a very different, it's a very different thing. And that's not his main moneymaker, but it makes him some money because he's got ads. But if money, if you're like, if, if, if all you're concerned, like, whoa, what's my ROI here? Like, like, like obviously the other thing going on is like, you're, you're pretty much saying with that, I don't, I'm not actually going to enjoy this. And like, like I am just doing this for like an exchange of money. Like you're better off just going to like find another way to, to, right. to make money uh, because it is, it is a, a longer road. Now there are, you know, there, there are two, a couple of different purposes with, with podcasts, you know, like where, where you can really enjoy it. Like you're a really curious guy like I am, but then there's also like, you can create a podcast with an explicit business purpose. How do you do that? Well, yep. you interview, you, you interview your ideal clients, you build relationships with your ideal clients. And then over and and over when the time is right, you know, maybe the, a, a collaboration occurs and but you just do you just interview your ideal clients in mass. You know, it's not really a, a show that's that's like, you know, going to get 20,000 downloads per episode. But for a driver of your business, there is definitely room to have a podcast super niche. solely as a that's super niche as like a driver of business. And I could cite examples all day like. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, uh, it, like, like, say, like, say for me, I started this show trending up. It's a, it's, it's marketing, you know, interviewing, you know, CMOs and CEOs. And, and why did I start that show? Well, it's another, I'm like the salesman for my marketing and production agency for podcasters. And what better than to interview the CMOs and CEOs of, of big companies, of build course. relationships with them. So that's why I'm doing that. You know, let's say, uh, a, a client, John Bates, you know, he, um, Executive speaking success.com. He's also my speaking coach for this TED talk, which might be canceled. By I was the way. just going to say, is that canceled uh -oh. yet? <laughs> it's being postponed, not canceled. Postponing is fine. Yeah, it's fine. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. But, uh, you know, John, John, so, you know, he charges $15,000 a client. And so what's he going to do? He's going to interview, he's starting a podcast right now, interviewing his ideal clients to, you know, feed this, feed, you know, to build relationships with his ideal clients. And I think it's a, the best way to do it as opposed to like, like just sliding in like DMs and going for a cold pitch. I yeah, think the podcast work. can really be like a good way to, to do this. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting. And I've been talking about this a lot. And, and first, a couple of, a couple of quick points here. Uh, you know, I, I keep, you know, going back to something Jordan said to me on, I think I was on episode one of my earlier episodes and he, and he kind of gave me some guidance early on. He said a couple of things. One, he said, if you, if you stop enjoying it or if you don't enjoy it, just stop. There's no point yeah. to it. But the other important thing was you have to push yourself to episode 50. Get to episode 50, stop, evaluate, see where you're going. And I kind of like back then when I'm on episode three or four, I'm like, holy crap, like I can't even look at 50. And now I'm already in my mid-70s and you guys are obviously way past that and everything. But it's like you have to go through the process. You have to put in the work. Uh, and there is so much work involved. And we'll break that down uh, yeah. in a little bit. But just to kind of wrap up the purpose of the podcast chat here, one incredible thing that I found is that I've from a business development perspective, I have a much easier time going after potential targets that I think are going to be engaging and say, hey, will you come on my show for an hour and talk shop with me versus taking a 15-minute cold call? It's absolutely right, incredible. Right, 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 right. And then you built up this rapport. And I've seen this incredible yeah. halo effect where now I have doors opening up for me. They're recommending their other 
contemporaries in there in in my world in my field that I want to talk to and say hey listen I just had a great episode with Adam you know he really digs in we talk shop there you know it's a great flow uh and then they're sharing it and then we have an open dialogue where now I'm literally texting with them yeah. instead of emailing them it, which is exactly. incredible so you get to break I mean it's rocket science but you exactly. can't do this out of the gate it doesn't happen immediately I mean one of the things that I wouldn't say was a mistake for me because there's different worlds to it like I going back to it I maybe would have liked to have 10, 15 episodes in the can ready to go before I launched. I went one and then I did two and I, and it took me a while until December of last year where now I have about 20 in the queue and I don't feel as pressured yeah. um, as far as recording Same. them. But everybody's cadence is a little, is a little bit different. Uh, Jordan, tell us a little bit about, you know, if you're open to it, like what's your recording structure cadence? Do you like record one a week and then put it out a couple of weeks later? Yeah. So I think this is important for people to understand um, the amount of time and effort that goes into these things. Yeah, I actually, I love talking about this uh, and, and not enough people ask me about this, but I stay between two and three months ahead at any given point. Episodes that I record today, they come out, you know, two, three months from now. Uh, now, mm. of course, you know, let's say, you know, Hala and I interviewed the same guest in the past, in the past week, Ryan Serhant of Million Dollar Listing. I really like Ryan. I watched, I watched the show. Uh, I moved that up as high as i can which and the you know ends up being five weeks I, I could like i literally like could you know these people have been waiting three yep. all, over three months so i can't like i can't move it up too much so uh let's say you know robert green uh just holla i just and we'll be talking about it forever i just like finally like you got the interview the for for end of march yeah wow yeah. so that's gonna be like a five weeker um dean graziosi i had a good little opening so that's three it's gonna be three weeks uh grant i'm working i'm working on him i'm working on him i i guess if i applaud his uh engagement post on linkedin uh and send him an engagement gift anniversary yeah Yeah. is that what you did to get him he was he was supposed to come on my show and then like he went unresponsive so i never got hopefully that doesn't happen to you i just i just emailed and and it's you know once people are locked into like like the assistant booked on my calendar and once they're on that like they get reminder after reminder and text and and all email and yeah like there's really no escaping once you're like <laughs> once, once you're in the jordan what's you're in that but, we'll, but I, want put, I want to put a pin in that for a second too. Oh, yeah i don't want i don't want to lose our thread though of, of cadence so but but right. continue and i want to hear jordan i want to hear uh holla's point on that too well, well um Oh, sorry, Jordan. Did you not finish it? Well, I, sorry, no, I, Jordan. I, just I, take up the whole interview. I didn't, really, anyway, I didn't talk. For, <laughs> I didn't talk for like the first six minutes. Let's be fair here. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> but uh, I, okay, so you know, I'm almost done. So I, you know, I record one per week usually on Monday. Now I will if I have to. If you know, there's there ends up having to be reschedulings every now and then, of which happened, happened last week. So I'm recording with this person that was supposed to be last week, recording with him on Friday. So I'm doing two per week. It's not a big deal. It doesn't really stress me. Um, you know, if I really, really have to, I've done it maybe three or four times. I'll do two per day. Uh, that's That's definitely a little bit nerve wracking in terms of like, getting the adequate preparation in for both, but I I've never had a big problem with it and it's never really resulted in a bad interview yeah. because of that. But yeah, yeah. Once per week on, on Mondays, I, I like to do it on Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'll, you know, I'll use Calendly and, uh, 
I've got a I've got it embedded on my on a secret page on my website, and uh, I'll post a link to that shortly for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always scared. You're of that. You're gonna be booked till 2021. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about my recording schedule. Um, I typically I only have like two episodes in the queue, so I work full time. So it's been pretty hard trying to get episodes um, ready in the queue. Um, I was doing really well where I had like three, like up to three or four episodes in the queue, but then my dad got sick and I ended up having to cancel a whole bunch of um, interviews. And so now I'm doubling up each week to make up for it and um, so that I can get back to it because um, last week or so I've been going like week to week with with uh, with my episodes and it's like so stressful when you do it like that. You definitely want to be out of the game so that it's not an issue. Um, but something that I started doing, which actually works really well, is um, I actually whoa. started – whoa, fancy. Um, I started <laughs> – my podcast with really good episodes. I, I was in radio before I started a podcast. So unlike most podcasters, like their first Advantage. 20 episodes are really shitty. Mine actually were really good. So um, the last two Mondays, I didn't have a new episode because my dad got sick and like all this stuff happened where like reschedules and like poor audio for some interviews, right. just like unfortunate events. And I had no, no new episode. So I just um, reposted some of my classics and I called them Yap classics and Ah. I got the same amount of downloads as a new episode. So it's like all my new listeners (laughs) went and and listened to that. And then I noticed that um, in general, my downloads went up because everybody started going back to the old episode. So it was a good strategy Mm, for when you don't have uh, an episode to post. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing that too. I have scheduled for episode 199, Mark Manson. I call it remastered. Mark Manson remastered and uh, it's because he was episode 99 and it's like, like remastered it. like it'll have instead of the old intro and outro I'll have like the new oh one. cool cool so, yeah so, I just did a direct uh, like here's yeah. the same episode there and it, it's interesting too I um and just to talk about cadence too I mean I, I I record a little bit differently because I don't have a dedicated setup here so I just to give everyone I work in a in an awesome shared office space here here's a little behind the scenes of where the podcast is recorded uh, to nice. shared office space here in Long Beach. Um, so I got to take my equipment with me and set it up, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So I try to condense as many episodes as possible back to back. And and it's a little bit stressful, but I kind of amp myself up for it. So tomorrow, for example, I'm recording three episodes back to back from, from 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. to 5 p.m. And Never done I have that. I, 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 I I get energized from it, but in between each episode, I need to take a break, walk around the room a little bit. I need to have a mm-hmm. cup of coffee. I need to refocus too. Um, it works for the most part. There was one time there was an episode that I felt that I didn't give it my all because it guest. You know how it is. Sometimes guests are a little bit tough, and you got to pull teeth. Sometimes I'm not going to name the guest. Oh, I know. Um, I would never do that. <laughs> but I felt it pull my energy down, and I yeah. kind of had to be a little bit more mindful about doing that in the future. Um, but also scheduling. I mean, it's tough too. I mean, tomorrow I'm, I'm interviewing somebody in Australia and the time difference is brutal. Oh, yeah. Plus the Australia time difference is brutal. I don't have the capabilities to record at home at nine o'clock at night, which could work for them. So I need to do it at their 7 a.m. and my 4 p.m., right. uh, which makes it difficult. So you have to kind of work with guests um, that totally. way. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, guest engagement because it's a game. Um, you know, luckily for me and and I and I feel you guys will kind of smile when I say this. I'm at a point now where I have where I have people coming to me pitching mm-hmm. to be on my show, which is an incredible feeling. 
right? Yeah. And we're talking some really nice named guests. Like I'm, I'm taking a curve of my show and I'm moving into some sports, some Olympic athletes, some really cool like human interest stories, kind of pivoting away from the true career part and more into like human growth and, and all that kind of stuff and, and all the mindset fun stuff that everyone else does. Um, but I'm also, and I, and I left because I saw Jordan's post about this a few weeks ago, when people pitch you to be on their show, your show, without giving any context of why they think they would be a good guest on your show, right? Like literally just PR people descending crap. And I, and I reply back to them. I'm like, why do you think this person would be good for my show? How do you guys handle these emails? I think this is me and Jordan's <laughs> like maybe our number one pet peeves. I don't know if you want to hear a perspective on this, but um, we're going to ask it. We're going to sound, sound pompous, so apologize. Yeah, I, have yeah, I don't want to sound purpose. like I'm like too good for people or anything like that. Like I think everybody has a lesson to share. I don't think everybody belongs on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. So it's just that um, I feel like literally people – they're like, hey, I love the show. By the way, if you need a guest, blah, 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 blah. Like, literally, so, every yeah, I just have an person, for you. like, yeah, cool. every person, like, and it used to not be like that. It used to be people like, oh, I love your show, blah, blah, blah. Now it's every, like, every I love company, your show. I all am, the same pitches, too. Yeah. And She's so, talking, be quiet. So, essentially, it gets a little over. Oh my God, Jordan's muted. It, it just gets a little bit overwhelming <laughs> because it's like no, I not. have a certain right, strategy for my show. You know, I am yeah, looking for a certain yeah. caliber of guest. I'm looking for somebody who is already well known, who is clearly an expert in their field, who I want to interview. You know, 100%. who I've strategically, I want their topic on my show. Um, yeah. And then I just really, um, I tend to send those uh, solicits to one of my assistant um, producers who looks them over, but usually they're not a fit. And um, we like to be strategic and proactively reach out to our guests. And so, of course, I'm interested in people letting me know they want to be on my show. But it's it's almost like offensive when I know it means they didn't listen to my show because yeah. if they saw the people who were on my show, they wouldn't ask me to be on it. So it's just like, it's hey, I, I'm going to pretend that I love your show and I would like to be a guest. And it's kind of like, OK, great. Well, so does everybody else. And I can only do X amount of shows. And this is my show. And, you know. It's, it's just a little. And it puts you in a weird position too. And you have to be mindful about telling someone like, I'm very straightforward with somebody. I either say, Hey, listen, I think you'd be a good guest, but I'm in a, in a hiatus right now from recording, reach out to me in a couple of months. Let's evaluate it. But if, but if someone is a no go from the beginning, I, I have to be very mindful about the words that I choose. Yeah. Because they could get really mad. You know, they could get mad too. And, and then there are times when people reach back. And Which is why I don't too. answer. Yeah, so you just, so she just don't answer. I, I usually don't. Lately, I've been not responding. Sometimes I say, hey, I'm going to forward your information to our producers. If I absolutely well, I know that 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 this um, person is not a fit and hasn't listened to my show and doesn't know anything, I'll be like, hey, I'm not sure if you listen to the show. I have best-selling authors, billionaires, CEOs. I don't think that you're a fit. Thanks for you know asking. And I'll just say no because people – 
need to find the opportunities that are right for them. And yeah. they also need to do their research and not just like blatantly I'm, ask everybody to be on their so, podcast. And is, is it crappy PR companies that these people yeah. are representing? Because literally- Not only, it's, both, it's, 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 it's just like regular people too. too. Yeah, it's right. like sometimes I get like 19 year olds that want to come on the show and like are like literally have never had a job in their life. And they're like, I can though. I can. I'm 22. Go ahead. Go different. ahead, Jordan. No, no, no. I, I, I was, I was category, putting myself oh, in the category oh, of a yeah. 19 year old. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, guess, I, guess I, was, I, was, I think I was 21 when I was on your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm different though, I guess. <laughs> you are. You're, you're, you're go ahead, Jordan. Why anyway. don't you tell us about your, okay. your, yeah. what's, what's, your so, what's your approach to guest outreach when you feel they're yeah. in your The I used to answer as a fake assistant, Patrick at jordanparis.com. <laughs> Patrick's my best friend. And I would send a generic yeah, reply. Then I then I like would redirect people like very kindly in like a sentence or two to um, your merchandise page. No, there's a Facebook group called I'll guest for that podcast. And I would just send the link to that. And then I'd be like, uh, you know, here's how you know how to get on podcast. I like that. Um, let me know how it goes, right? So there's a value add, right? You're not just saying no to them, but you're giving them a direction saying, hey, you may not be right for my show, but here's a couple of links yeah, of, of other shows here. that are looking. That's a nice approach. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But now... just them and says, get the hell off my show. And I can't, <laughs> no, I, 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 Holly's I, very great. She's polite. She's awesome. Now I don't answer because um, I just, I mean, we only have limited energy, man. Like I yeah. just, I don't, I don't have it for that all the time. Um, I will answer if it's like with my friend Jeremy Ryan Slate's company, Command Your Brand. Like, I'll answer that, and I'll, and I'll be like, "Jeremy's cool. Thank you. Have to, I have to pass on this one." Um, and then, and then sometimes people, and then they'll ask like, "Why? What are you looking for?" Um, and I'll just kind of like show them. Like, I have a page with all my past guests and their pictures. At, um, do you show, do you show my podcast? Then, do you show my podcast? Show and they're like, if Adam Posner was on your show, how the hell would you not want me on your show? <laughs> what but, the hell are you doing there? Like yeah. that was a, that, that <laughs> ruined you, man. See that, that's a bad precedent. Oh, once you have me on the show, then every, that's you know, why I can't have Harry's, you on the show, Adam. <laughs> I know it's going to lower your, it's going to lower your bar in, yeah. incredibly, I, but I'll, I'll be on your show within the next year and a half. You'll see that. Well, but can I, you know, so, so when friends like, like, you know, like Adam and Adam, you know, you were in the, in the nineties on my show, not nineties, like years, but like uh, episodes, not, like maybe 93 or something. But like, you know, I get, you know, you know, people like, like friends asking me all the time and you know, how do I respond in person? I say, I look at him, I say, I say, earn it, uh, earn ooh, it. I like and, that. But, but let me, but let me tell you why. And I think Hala hit on it a little bit. Like why, why do we decline these people? You know, I don't do this for production's sake and just pumping episode numbers and getting episodes exactly. out there. I do this because like, this is a, like, this is number one, a really, really legit show. Like you see the past guys, but also I so enjoy it. Why do I so enjoy it? Because I'm so curious. Why am I so curious about these people? Well, because they're people whose books I read, people whose products I use, uh, like those are things the people, that interest you, things you, yeah, people who, who, who I, yeah, things that really interested me, interest me that I'm naturally curious about, not something that I have to be like fake curious about. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, and, let's, and let's also, talk about that for, yeah, go holla. Just one thing. 
a podcast is an investment. This is an investment of my money. It's an investment of my time. It's an investment of my brain. It's a, like, it's everything. My oh, team. Yeah. All and your so, energy. It's so like, if I just like take any random person that wants to come on my show, I'm essentially spending like $5,000 for that. Like, let's say in, in time, money, team, like everything, whatever on that episode for somebody that I don't care about that I didn't want to interview. It just doesn't make sense. It's like people need to understand that it's it's not just like a fun thing and I have unlimited time. It's actually something that I, I put a lot of effort and investment into. And that's why I can't take every interview. It, and it's important. It's, it's, I like what Hala said too. I want to like underscore. Yeah, sure. I like everyone has a lesson. Every you know, everyone's like fascinating when you get to, when you get to know them, or at least most people are. Mm -hmm. Uh but I like I don't know. I just like to make my job really easy and as fun as possible and and and, and, and it's your podcast it's, it's your it's podcast it's, it's, our it's podcast, yours yeah. you know yeah. if and you I had think, a tv show would mm -hmm. people be like can i come on your tv show no everybody just thinks that they can come on any podcast for some reason yeah it's well, it's, it's, it's interesting too because i mean we have that same thing with friends too when friends ask me they're like oh when am i going to be on your show and they're like half kitty they're half not and I, and I go back to them and i said listen yeah, i know i just don't like I don't think it's the right fit for the show. So let's talk a little bit, you know, going back to someone starting a podcast too. And, and it's so awful because in this day and age, it doesn't take a lot from an equipment perspective to set up a show, but it does take being mindful about the type because you want a good quality product out there. And I learned that my recently that my Yeti mic is not the best mic to use because no. it's not a condenser mic. Uh, and I am in the process of purchasing some new equipment. My show sounds perfectly fine. Could it be better? Absolutely. But I'm also working remote too. But you really have to be mindful about the end user experience, right? Making sure that you have a room that's not echoing, that you have good sound quality, because you have to also put yourself in the perspective of who's consuming your content, right? What is that experience for them? But there are some basic things, uh, you know, production wise and editing. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that, right? Let's talk about someone at home. Do you need do you need to have a studio with thousands of dollars of equipment? No. Um, do you need to have professional editors? You know, what are some basics? And, and I know Jordan has a, a book and some other information online about how to get started. So we're not going to give away all the trade secrets here. But what's a good <laughs> place to start? Um, Jordan, do you want to kick it off? I mean, I'll say like for you want to you want Jordan to kick it off? <laughs> I'm just saying which way my hand goes when I point uh -oh. to the camera. <laughs> um, okay, well. You mentioned Yeti. I'm using a Yeti right now. I am with you. I'm getting a new mic. I'm, uh, we're all using Yetis. Um, Yeti is a great place to start. A blue yes. Yeti, I think it would be like the a good place to start. For me, my show is getting rather big now, and I'm going to upgrade my equipment. Actually, this week, I'm going to spend like $400 on a mic and get something really good. Um, you know what? My audio engineer sent it to me, but I will need to start doing my setup different. It's not going to be a USB mic. It's going to be an XLR that plugs into like a mixer and then into my computer. Yeah, preamp and then into my computer. I'm going to go get a piece of equipment to show you guys. Be right back. Sure. Yeah, I'm on that track too. So, so, but when like, so it's getting back to the Blue Yeti. It's it's very user friendly for anybody. Yeah, if you're doing like an online podcast, like especially if you're doing an online podcast, you can use. Um, I use Cast, TriCast.com. Um, there's also ZenCaster. Um, to be honest, I don't really recommend it. Um, you know, and and there's multiple different online platforms, and you just plug in your mic. Um, you will need to make sure that your guest has headphones and a mic. When I was first starting, I I used to um, the the people who I first interviewed 
like my second and third episodes, they weren't super famous. I did it on cryptocurrency. And so they were just like regular mm-hmm. cryptocurrency people in the field. And I ended up shipping them all mics um, so oh, that wow. we would have quality show, like $20, $30 mics off Amazon, but still so that wow. we had something decent because I, I was doing it without that. And it was just like, you can't use a regular computer mic. It doesn't work. So people need to have their equipment. Now that I have like a different caliber of guest, they always have their equipment. It's no mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, let's let's pause on that for one second too. So one of the things that I do because I learn by trial and error, and I think any podcaster you have to learn like your process, you have to learn your cadence. Uh, I know Jordan's process because I was a guest on his show, so I understand you know that that messaging strategy. And one of the things that I incorporated is a checklist for my guests when I confirm that the day or two before that they're going to be on it. And it sounds so freaking dumb, but so many people I have to remind them that you're in a good location, that you have a good Wi-Fi connection, that you have a good audio. I tell them I'm recording video. Let's remember that I'm recording audio. Um, what headphones work and what headphones do not work? Do not rely on your computer microphone. I I will literally I almost canceled a couple of interviews, but they were hard yeah. to get guests. And I was like, oh my god, I can't hear crap. What are you saying? Yeah, I had a I had oh. an interview with Eric Admetis, and he's amazing. He's such a great storyteller. He's got um he's the founder of Wildfit, and he was um sorry, I don't know what's going on. Why like I keep being off center, but basically um we did a live stream. And he was using his computer mic and uh, computer speakers. And the episode, I put it up because it was such good content. But, like, I'm so embarrassed by the quality of that episode. It's, like, the worst quality episode I ever had. Yeah. Um, what do you but do? What, do you, what can you do? At the end of the day, you recorded a conversation. It's audible. So I'm going to put it up. But it's just right. not something I'm super proud of in terms I of quality. I had one like that recently. It's I interviewed tough. someone from because- Australia. The internet connection was horrible, number one. And number oh. two using a computer mic it was Kerwin Ray Kerwin Ray I don't know if you know him he's like he's he was introduced to me as the Gary V of Australia and he's mm. he's like I, I became so fascinated with yep. him and we actually you know despite the horrible audio quality and my poor interview skills because of the connection that was just distracting me you know we we became friends and we're setting another one up and you know we're, I'm gonna air it's funny how that but it, but it's like it's okay you know to do like every now and then you, you know the guest just it's not going to yeah, be a perfect setup they're not going to have a mic with you know within a like a mile of them and it's just not right gonna, they could not be on the road out, they like, could be traveling for business they're in their hotel yeah. room exactly know, make it work. It, yeah as long as it's not every episode sometimes. it's yeah. fine but you know yeah. like and i don't know how if you mentioned this but like the means through which we record remote interviews i know you use tricast Ooh. and i use yeah. Squadcast, why do we use those? Well, it records the audio locally instead of mm-hmm. like over the internet. Wow. And so it sounds like we're in the same room a lot yeah. of the time, even though we're not. So like, you know, we're mm-hmm. both using like good mics. It'll it'll sound like we're in the same room. And and because I do in person interviews every now and then, people will be people will ask, like, oh, is this one in person? I said, No. <laughs> no one. Yeah. yeah. Let's let I was just going to say the other value of using like not using Skype or Zoom or something like that is that you can get your audio on two different files. So while Jordan is talking, I can drink water or I can ruffle my papers or whatever. And it doesn't matter because when we're editing the podcast, I can just mute my track when he's talking. So that's right. And, and, but that's, I mean, that's a little bit advanced too. Like if we're, you know, that takes effort, time and resources to, to do that if you're not doing it on your own. But if you're a beginning podcaster, um, there's some simple things like Jordan turned me on to Simplecast. I started on Anchor um, and I was fine on it. It's a great starting platform. Yeah, uh, yeah. All the pieces that are there, it could link you to all the distribution channels. So you're on 
you know, all the majors and a lot of the, the, the smaller ones, which I've been finding on a side note, these little niche audiences that use some of these smaller uh, platforms for listening, it's pretty interesting. Um, but Anchor's fine. And then I went over to, to, to Simplecast as well. And some of these platforms have built in tools where you could do a little bit of your own editing. Um, but for me, you know, I'm not an audio editor, nor do I have the time to. And one of the greatest pieces of advice that I received years ago was if there's something that you can't do and you could outsource this for cheaper, then do it. And that's exactly what I do with my podcast. And I have an audio editor. I have somebody that does my graphics. I have somebody that does, um, you know, some of my transcripting and all that kind of stuff too. Uh, and finding those resources, but it takes a little bit of trial and error. But, you know, what are your thoughts like on, on basic editing? Do you guys remove the ums, the uh, the and, the uh, the little bleeps, the blops? Does it really matter? Do people care? Is it worth the time and effort to really edit the crap out of a podcast? Um, it doesn't. I don't think it matters too much either way. Um, I'm not too picky. I just kind of say things and live with it. And people like the screw ups. I <laughs> like to leave that stuff in. And uh, it's it's a very vulnerable thing to to do that like in the past i would with sir hant the other day we're like 20 minutes in and i say i was like oh i had another question about that i forget what it was i forget what i was gonna say this happens in interviewing sometimes all the time and he and he's like looking at me like smiling like hoping i pick it up and i'm and then and i was like oh yeah yeah in the past i would have cut that out every time yeah it's just like that's part. That's part of it, you know. Especially mm -hmm. part of a conversation. I, I, did you, yeah. did you mention yeah. that uh, you know me or anything? What's up? Did you mention Ryan, uh, anything? Oh Ryan yeah, I, I asked about you. He said he said Hala was great. Oh okay, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. spe speaking of name dropping, you know, I dropped your name Hala to Jordan, and him and I have been chatting. Jordan uh, Harbinger. Yeah, we've been going back and forth a little bit, and something I kind of want to talk about with him, and he's a. Big podcast. I mean, he's at the top of the food chain there. Um, and and I want to I want to bring up something really interesting because mm -hmm. I got someone kind of dinged me on this a couple of weeks ago. I put out a post on LinkedIn saying, "Hey, if you love my show and you listen, I would really appreciate leaving a review. It would mean the world to me." And in my opinion, like you know what? Sometimes you need to remind people because a lot of times oh, people yeah. aren't thinking mindfully about it. And some ladies started to crap on me for that. She's like, why are you asking? You shouldn't have to ask people. Do you think Picasso went out and he asked people to review his artwork? And I'm like, terrible analogy, but yeah, fine, whatever. And then I see people like Heather Monahan doing it. I And then I had Jordan reach out to me talking about his show. And he's like, hey, by the way, if you like my show, could you leave a review? And he did yeah. that on a direct message, mm -hmm. which gets me to the point of audience growth, which we'll get to in a little bit, that it's on a fan by fan level of growing your audience sometimes and engaging with them. And that's a level of effort. Yeah. But reviews are the lifeblood. And it's not like we're not talking about like, hey, I'm forcing you to like my show. We're not going down that road at all. But it's like if you genuinely like something, leave a review. Mm -hmm. Same thing with a restaurant. If you have a favorite restaurant, it helps them to gain more audience. Um, you know, how do you go about engaging your audience on like feedback and and ratings and like getting there like a yeah. 360 loop? Like, what are your thoughts on that, Hala? Um, I usually handle it in the DMs. So I get I, most of my followings on LinkedIn. 
And um, I have a virtual assistant who helps me manage all of my direct messages. And essentially what we typically do is once I get a new connection, she sends them a message that's um, about my latest episode and a general summary of my podcast. Like, you know, we're about productivity, enhancing influence, um, the art of side hustles. And our latest episode is Jordan Harbinger, how to build your social capital. Check it out. If you like it, leave a review. Then usually people respond. I I got one of those messages just before I was friends with Paula back in the day. <laughs> that was probably me copying and pasting it or, <laughs> or me using automation myself. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, then people either they respond, oh, I love, they say thank you, whatever. I re- I'll remind them at that point. Most of the time, this is actually me. And I'll be like, hey, I hope you enjoy the show, blah, blah, blah. It reminds them to go listen to it. Then usually they say, oh, I really liked the show. Um, sometimes they say, can I be a guest? But sometimes they just say, I really like the show. And if they just say that, then we respond and we say, oh, that's so great. If you continue to like the show, would you please write an Apple review? And now we've been giving a direct link to solicit the Apple review. It goes straight to where they would actually review. Um, The problem is, is that only like 50% of my listeners are Apple users, you know, or there's only a percentage of people who are Apple users, which really sucks because a lot of people listen to the podcast are unable to review on the platform where reviews matter. And the only platform really that like has like a, any reviews that anybody cares about. Right. So that's my strategy. Yeah. Well, I, I got over 200 on Apple and once I did, I just stopped caring, stopped looking Mm. and I don't even know what it's at. And I will say, like, I've been, like, it's probably, I mean, it's, I guarantee it's not over 300. Right. Uh, just because my strategy has been, and uh, has been horrible. Like, I, it, there hasn't been a, a strategy since yeah. then. Like, I've been, I've, in, in that What sense, did you do back then, though? Well, when people would message me with, with, you know, commenting on an episode, I would immediately, like, I'd acknowledge it and I'd immediately ask right then and there like oh can you i'd like can you yeah. literally say like sometimes if it's if if the comment was appropriate enough like can you well, literally copy it why is adobe copy and updating okay copy and paste on. is, is a great are. strategy they always do it when i say i say could you just copy and paste that as an apple review and they're always yeah. like sure and then they literally just copy and paste it yeah so it whenever i got a message i would do that but uh now now i don't uh, i don't really do anything i i probably should get back to it, especially hearing. Yeah, you have two hundred and fifty-four. You know, I just checked. Okay. Not. Yeah. yeah, and that's the, good. The, that's the good. pace is. Slow, what do you mean? That's so good. It's so hard to get. I'm working on it. I'm at like hundred and eleven, and I feel like twenty-seven here. Twenty-four. I'm trying to. I'm trying to build I mean, it up. I compared to the amount of downloads that I get, it's just so annoying how little reviews I have. Please, everybody, write me a review if you like Yap. Right. You know what, you know what my TED, you know what my TED Talk's going to be. About asking for reviews? Yo, <laughs> pull out your phones, <laughs> search this, go to the bottom. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. That would be – imagine imagine if I got it there. I mean, it would give me like 400 reviews so, I know. or ratings at least. So it's 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 interesting too, and, and I'm working with a, a consultant to kind of do – so I, I'll, I'll admit a big mistake that I, that I made. You know, it's always like the plumber who has a broken toilet, like – I know what I have to do on the back end to optimize my show from a technical perspective when it comes to SEO, when it comes to naming it. In fact, I have a coach that I'm working with, an advisor, who we're talking about renaming my show. And I'm not talking about renaming the podcast of the actual brand of the show, but to make it more searchable friendly. So anybody who's looking on Apple or any of the other platforms, they have no clue what it is. 
what the hell's a podcast? They look at my weird cartoon face. They're like, what the hell is this crap? I have no idea what it is. But so we're talking about how do you make it more uh, attractive or, you know, searchable. So we're working on things like that on the back yeah. end as well. Another piece, let's talk a little technical here that I've not been doing. And I'd love your thoughts. Do you guys transcribe your episodes and put that in? No. Right, I SEO either. perspective. I, so I did it for like a few episodes from 120 to 130. I have no just, idea what it is. Oh, so we're talking about Sorry, well, I was just trying to engage, but it's. Oh, work. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you I have to turn down the issues on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me turn off the volume now. But it's, um, I, I just didn't really, I, I don't know. It's just not a needle mover. So it's a waste of time. Yeah. It's, yeah transcribing I don't... is a waste of time, especially, um, unfortunately there's lots of different like temi.com rev.com. They're still not perfect. So somebody still needs to go right. in and edit them or you can put it up and it's like, just not perfect. It's a big time suck. And so I used to put them on my website. We don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I haven't noticed any difference in my downloads since not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk, let's talk about the, let's talk about the website for a minute. And Hala, your, your recommendation to me, which was interesting, you know, somebody, uh, Ashnell, he's on right now. He's probably watching here, uh, reached out to Hala. Hala referred him over to me. He's an awesome kid out of India. Who's busting his ass and hustling and oh, yeah, really trying to make yeah. a name for himself. Yeah. He knows both of you guys. So big shout out to him. Um, and he said to me, he's like, let me help you build out this website. And mm-hmm. I never put a lot of it. yeah, it's good. faith or effort into it. And I said, you know what? Let's do this together. It's kind of going to be a side project there. Um, and I look at the metrics on it and it's starting to pick up. It's becoming a destination spot uh, for people for the show. Um, how important are your individual websites for audience engagement, for driving traffic, for uh, downloads? I mean, how much effort should somebody put into developing a specific show website? I don't think it's important. It's more of a credibility piece. People see my website and like w- they're like, "Whoa, that's legit." That's, that's the best yeah. website ever. Yeah, I would concentrate more on your show. You could put up like a splash page for your website. Just like get like any WordPress template, one page. Do like a splash page, mm-hmm. splash page, embed like your latest ten episodes, um, something like that. But I wouldn't put too much effort in it. People care about the quality of your show. And people aren't going to find your show from a website. They're going to find you from either searching on Google or searching on Apple or like their actual the actual platform. And so you should mm-hmm. concentrate more on your actual um, publishing your podcast and what you put in that description and what you title your podcast and promoting mm-hmm. it on social media. Like I probably get like 300 downloads per episode from my website, which like really isn't a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting here. So I want I want to I want to kind of close this out here, and then I want to move on to a fun little segment. Um, Jordan, what's your number one piece of advice that you would give to anybody starting a podcast? That's a good question. That's a great question. Well, Hala, do you have the answer? <laughs> what was the question? What's what's the best if, piece if, of you know, advice for anybody starting a podcast? You, right? Yeah, if someone came to you and they said, "Hey, Hala, you know, I'm really thinking about starting a podcast. Where should I start?" Mm. My my suggestion would be, like we mentioned earlier, to have episodes in the can and also to get a way to practice. I think a lot of people start a podcast and they don't have the skills necessarily, like the interview skills, the flow skills. They don't realize that um, they actually need to practice. I think it's it it just depends what you want to do. You could practice in, in real time and basically your practice episodes actually upload them and just see how they do. Or you can figure out how like you and your friends or find somebody else who is like up and coming to actually practice 
with. Um, I started a new series where I had some of uh, Jordan's actually on this new series. It's called The App Snacks. Um, me and Jordan are like the professional podcasters on there. But then um, Shiv from my team, he's never been on radio. Um, but I basically had him practice with other people on the team. And he had like to it. do like 10 episodes by himself um, with the other people uh, before I actually let him go live. So um, it's important mm. to practice, I think. And it's so interesting too. I mean, flow is so critical. I mean, one of the, I mean, I'm not trying to like brag or anything here, but one of the, one of the, the pieces of feedback I get consistently from guests on my show is like, wow, like you really keep it moving. You ask great questions, but you keep the you flow do. moving. And that takes effort because you have to have an arc and you have to prepare yeah. and you have to do the work too. Like for example, on the live here, this is completely freestyle. I have absolutely nothing prepared as you guys could tell, but on my show, <laughs> I put a lot of research in as you guys do. And I know for a fact that you guys put in a lot of effort in the upfront and it shows. Yeah. It shows in the depth and level of questions of mm -hmm. what you ask the guest, but it's also the arc, right? You need to have a story in your show. There needs to make to sure be you're an taking outcome, the listener on a journey. Right. There needs to be a goal at the end. What's that key takeaway? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I do is, you know, I have three or four questions that I always ask guests at the end of every episode because I like to get that perspective and it adds a little bit of branding and element, um, you know, yeah, of right. the end of my end of my show here. Uh, and I know you guys do the same, Jordan. What's what's kind of your I give you a few minutes to think about this. Well, but yeah, like, you know, I have, what, I have the that? answer. So it's more on the interview. <laughs> That's called the length, folks. Because Buying I love interviewing. Um, so if you don't have an interview show or don't want to do an interview show, it doesn't really apply to you. But you have to like actually listen. Here's an example. There's so many hosts, and I'm going to exaggerate here, and I'm probably going to offend too, but so be it. Do it, man. Care. We're live. And that's, and that's the other thing. Be polarizing. You know. Get people to, bear. you know, you'll Hope be, by being polarizing, you're going to, you're going to be able to find your tribe. You're going to sort through everyone. You're going to turn people off. You're going to turn people on. You're going to find those raving fans by being polarizing. Don't walk the line, be neutral all the time. If you're neutral, nobody Darn. cares. Nobody's talking about you, whatever. So whatever. So ready? Here's the example. You know, Adam, Adam's answering a question and he's like, yeah, I'm going to bomb the world trade center tomorrow. And then I say, hmm, <laughs> Why would you say what, like what was your mother's name? <laughs> like, like, it, you, like just I know. You, you think Adam just said that? I have to like, like, uh, Adam, dude, like, like, what, like, what are you talking? <laughs> There's so many interviewers one. that hear one, th that hear something, let's, let's and then they're like, that, and they don't even acknowledge it. Like, it's because it's because you're so worried about what you're gonna say and right, you're not right, listening. Right. Yes, yeah, so actually, I struggle. Listen. I struggle with that. I try my best not to be like that. <laughs> you know, random. Sometimes you have that's nothing it. good to say, and you're just uh -huh. like, absolutely, that's what you like to say, or you know, you, you try to just like move yeah. it on to the next topic because you don't know how to respond in a meaningful way. But yeah. I think it just takes yep. practice, right? It, uh, it really, it really does. And, and I, and I'm sure you guys have seen this too. I love listening to my early shows to where I am now and listening to that progression of how I have grown in my confidence and my ability to interview and my flow, the ability to, to think quickly on my feet. And that's a byproduct. I found such great confidence in my own off camera, off screen with clients, with candidates in my recruiting world, uh, with friends too. And I think that's an incredible byproduct um, of yeah. the show. So you guys are amazing interviewers. Um, I know firsthand Thanks. the way you operate your style. A question that I always love to ask, Hala, who's your influence in the world of broadcast and media as far as who's a great interviewer? Who's mm -hmm. someone that you kind of model yourself after, so to speak, or who do you gain you know, influence of, or like, I love that person's style. I love their cadence. I'm going to take little pieces from them, little from them, infuse my own style into it. Great question. Yeah, it, it is a good question. So like I said, I love Jordan Harbinger. Um, I also like Tim Ballew. 
uh, Tim Ferriss, um, Jordan Paris, actually. I, I swear sometimes I, I look at Jordan and I Thanks. think like, oh, I want to do that or I need to be better at that. Um, so <laughs> I tend to um, listen to podcast interviews as I'm researching guests. It's like one of the strategies that I have is I try to just in any any of my free time, I go and I listen to their past interviews. And that gives me like a lot of exposure to like random podcasts. And then um, I try to just like keep thinking about how can I improve? How can I take the best of what they did and, and make it into mine? Um, so that's what I tend to do. I and you have, I mean, question. you come from a radio world too. I mean, you've been, you've been around like, you know, Angie Martinez. Like Angie Martinez. Best, right? Yeah, she's right. great. She definitely gave me like, um, you guys both know that I do like so much research and that kind of stemmed from being at Hot 97. I used to have to do research for her. So research yeah. pays when you could go on a guest. Like I, I had this one guest on, I'm airing in a couple weeks, quick story here, Alex Iceman, um, incredible entrepreneur. He was a former hot professional hockey ref. Um, but doing my research, I learned that he also is an amateur pilot and flying planes. And one of the places that he flies over um, in Northern California is the the destination where him and his wife got married because he loves to look at it from above. And it, it took a lot of deep research and digging into his social feeds to understand that. And then I asked him that question. And he's like, dude, he's like, that is some deep stuff right there. And that opened up the rest of the interview. Preparation is key. Number one. Tip. Oh, yeah, definitely. Then again, there are people that that don't prepare. You know, it's it, it depends on your style. Larry King, it, believe yeah. it or not, doesn't prepare. He said, "I don't. Why would I?" He says, "Why would I read the book? Because then I already know." Go to Paris. Why am I reading your books? Yeah, I think <laughs> here's you the hear thing. What I'm saying, I think, though? You, I think you, it's you important. I think it's important to, it just depends. If I had a podcast on marketing, I would not study the guest because it's all about marketing. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's my expertise. So that's funny you say that because with trending up that new marketing podcast, I don't prepare for the guest, but growth mindset university, I do. Because it's different because it's like when it's Mm -hmm. like, so if it's like, if it's a podcast about podcasting or a podcast about LinkedIn or a podcast about marketing, then I don't need to prepare because I know everything and I could just go off the top of my head. If it's a podcast about like, um, the person, I don't know, sleep, you know, I'm not a sleep psychologist, so I need to study. And it's important not only to read their material, it's important to read other people's material around yes. the topic so that you're just like knowledgeable about the topic in general and not just like regurgitating the book. Yeah. And, 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 and that's really important too. And I want to go back to something interesting early on. I, I worked with a great media coach, um, on my podcasting style and interview techniques and everything. And she said something important. I want to go back to Jordan's thing about not being neutral. And it's about how do you stand out um, and not walking, you know, not being on that line. It's about poking the bear and being able to ask questions where you're not insulting a guest because that's the last thing you want to do. Right. But how do you ask them a question where it's where it's thought provoking enough? It might be borderline controversial, but like, that's how you're going to stand out. So I really try to make it a point to ask a curveball question or knuckleball. I like to have more than one pitch. If I'm using a baseball analogy, I'm not just throwing freaking softballs or fastballs down the middle at you. You're going to get a curveball. You're going to get a knuckleball. I'm going to throw a changeup in there. Can I – I'm going to run something by you. As I was like Please. falling asleep last night, you know, you have these thoughts. You um, definitely have at least two teddy bears on either side of you and like that little nightcap from the cartoons with a little pom-pom on it and a little yeah. button-up pajamas. <laughs> but uh, so I'm thinking about with, with Robert Greene. Um, you know, he's 60 years old. He just had a stroke and he writes about in – I just finished his 600-page book mammoth of a book the laws of human nature it took me six months to read and uh the last chapter is about uh death 
So I was going to ask him, like, how Love much longer? Like, tell me if this question is too much, but because I'm no stranger to asking questions with teeth, but I was going to ask, like, how much longer do you think you have to live, and like, how is that affecting, you know, how you live today? I like, uh, I like it. I, I, I don't think you should say fine. how much longer do you have to live. I think that's a lot. What's left on your clock? Because he what's had like a stroke and everything, that? so like that's kind of like messed up to say. Um, I would say something more along the lines of like t- life is like as you know, our time here is limited. Like, and then like go into that question. I forgot where your question was, sure. but like, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. what's what would be the benefit of of asking him how long you have? And that's something. Live? And that's something you have to you have to consider too. Question. But uh, anyway, you know, I w- I do want to answer the question though. Like, who who you know who are the interviewers? Did I like to? study and uh you know i while i would you know i like jordan harbinger but i don't look to him for that specifically for his interview style because it's just a fundamentally different show like he he edits or not he like jason his his producer edits so heavily that you know they place they they mix and match and like they take something Mm. from the beginning of the interview put in the end it's just not comparable um i'm not like it's just not me i can't really get too much from learn too much from that um but i like uh oh i like larry king i like josh peck from drake and josh he's like oh well that's interesting i don't i don't don't listen to Drake and josh the cultural phenomenon on nickelodeon um anyway josh peck now has a podcast and it's really good and i like i like his is it not my demo am i the old man here it's called (laughs) curious with josh peck um but yeah joe rogan um lewis howes uh yeah i don't know what happened to holla can, can yeah, I'm 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 a, I'm a Howard Stern guy. Holla, holla back. Where where are you at there? We'll we'll get to her in a minute because I want to wrap this. I want to talk about game here. But let's <clears throat> let's give some quick shout outs here because I I usually do that a little bit earlier in the live show. But we have Adam Sinkis, we have uh, Anshul who's on, we have Jordan Keese is on, uh, Dave Markowitz, Rah, how you doing, man? Darren Evans, everyone checking in. We appreciate everybody. Bill, my man, Bill left the best freaking review on my show the other day. I had a blast that out there, Philip. What's happening there? All good stuff there. Jordan, do you get trolls on your show or trolls in your feed? How do you handle trolls? Because I literally got a troll. This is a good one. I'm going to read this one live on air because it's absolutely ridiculous. I love it. This is freaking great. Here we go. This is real time here. I'm, I'm going to hide her name uh, because we'll I'll talk about you, it afterwards. I'll tell you afterwards how I respond. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so I reached out to her. Somehow I'm connected with her. No, I'm not connected with her. So we're not friends on LinkedIn. Um, I reached out to her on August 18th, 2016 in my recruiting days. She writes me today during this. She goes, you are truly, I love this. This made me smile. You are truly the most annoying person on LinkedIn. I have turned off every notification from this app and still somehow get notified every time you go live. Jesus Christ. And I almost want to write back, I guess my my marketing efforts are working. I guess whatever I'm doing is working that I can still penetrate your feed with my nonsense. And I do apologize if I'm not providing value to you um, because there's so many others that really do like what I'm doing. But I think that... uh, Makes me feel good that I have a troll. Yeah. I like getting like it's no, cool. It, it's great. Jim Robotum says it right. Like once you get trolled, it's yeah. No, it, it really is great. My favorite, and this happened yesterday, even. But like my favorite is when they will the the person will circle back on like they commented originally a week earlier, and then they'll comment mm-hmm. a, a week later with some new findings and get all angry again. <laughs> you know what I say? I will what? say, and I posted about this. Thank you or immense gratitude for your unbelievable kindness and feedback. 
and, then I, and then hold on, hold on. And then I said, because it's not done. And then I say, uh, what is it? You, oh, you seem like a really happy guy slash gal. Good for you. Um, I've, oh God, I'm like totally butchering it, but like that's, I, I have it like saved and I just kind of like say that I'll put like a heart emoji, but bottom no. line, it's just really kind. And I don't like, again, I don't really Yeah, What's the point energy. of being a dick, right? No. Um, it doesn't really look good on you. And, and like, no, you're just kind of admitting that that's the level you're on if you play right into it. And, and, so, and the, and the other, yeah. yeah. The other thing this person doesn't realize is that she works and operates in my same market in New York city. And if she took a moment to see, you know, what my background is too, there's a real thing called blacklisting. So I think it's another important thing. <laughs> too. I mean, I work in the recruiting world in New York in digital social marketing. Yeah. So I think she should certainly be aware of that. But I'm gonna kill him with kindness or yeah. simply ignore him. So I think we, we might have lost or, or, all or, or you don't or you don't answer. That's the other thing too. That's that a lot of time yeah, I won't hard even for answer. Me to do that. All I want to do is respond. Uh, yeah, sure. But you have more <laughs> more important things to yeah, so yeah. so I want to wrap this up here now. I was going to play this game. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, actually, last thing, last thing. I posted about this recently, too. Sorry. Go for it. Because this is important. Sometimes you have to consider that the trolls and the haters are sometimes they're right. And you have to really look at that and and consider that if if they're being relatively respectful, sometimes they are right. And I've had that. I've gotten that. Yeah. Right. So that's important. Because sometimes people closest to you are, are when you would want them to give you real feedback or not because they don't want to offend you. Uh, but you're right. If someone gives you actionable, constructive criticism in a respectful way, you have to look at it openly and say, hey, maybe I could be doing something better. Maybe this person's right. Maybe because I I am so focused on me and what I'm doing that I'm not seeing how I sound to others, how I perceive to others. Maybe some of the things I'm saying are not resonating well yeah. and you should be able to take that as a feedback loop but when someone yeah. is just an asshole you know can i give story. you can i give you an example this person was an asshole but he was right it was yesterday like you know i'm driving my nice sports car i got the i got the fully loaded like orange uh, uh -huh. 2019 mustang you wow. know it's a loud right? car it's a yeah yeah so and 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 like I wasn't, you know, I just, I just, you know, I'm in, driving to the shopping center, you know, 20 miles an hour, normal, you know, nothing, and and you know, it's got this like boost, right? That that just the air that it goes, whoosh, and I hit it a little bit, you know, and and it's in like sport plus mode, so it sounds even louder, and like people can hear it, and it echoes more, and and this like probably like an 18 year old kid, he. Like without even like turning to look, he or he does like without even seeing me though. He's like, "Oh, Mister Big Cock," and I'm just, I didn't even flinch. <laughs> I was driving by and I just like, Wait, I, like I, my, my facial anyway. expression didn't even change. But I was like, "Up, oh, yeah, he's right. Yep, I got I, I I get it. You know, I gotta I I have this. I had to like look at myself. Like, why do I do that? And and maybe I'm just justifying it. But like, I do that. It's like fun. Like I bought that car because it's fun <laughs> uh okay, quick, quick technical note holla her computer died and she'll catch us next time mm -hmm. uh holla to everybody she has an awesome podcast young and profiting podcast i will connect everybody um to that one jordan we learned a lot today uh and i think there was some real actionable stuff and uh where could folks because you provide a ton of value in sure. 
multiple places. But for anybody starting out in podcasting, Jordan's an incredible resource to really uh, understand the nuts and bolts technically of how to launch a show, promotionally, how to build your community, how audience development, promotionally, how do you build that up to yeah. where can folks find more information on how to do all that fun stuff? Sure. So a lot of times I'm not into all that self promo stuff. It's a big sticking point. But but since this is just a very podcast related yeah. discussion, you know, if you just invested an hour in podcasting, and you know, you might as well invest another 52 minutes in something that's super actionable. I have this free course on podcasting. It's at jordanparis.com slash course. And the first like 25 minutes of it is like making it good, right? You know, all the technology and just making it of the utmost quality. And then the next 25, 27 minutes are how to market it, right? So, cause there's no point in marketing it if it's, if it's not good. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's jordanparis.com slash course. It's there. Yeah. It, exactly. Free. I was gonna I was going to play this game and it's funny cause it's actually called pod decks and everyone knows my stance on the word oh. pods. It's terrible cause I have a podcast, but I hate engagement pods. I, I, know, I know. Anyway, yeah. we're going to play this game. People call podcast pod, you know, the, what, how about the pod, Adam? Imagine if PodFest was about engagement groups. <laughs> you know what? That's why people ask me, they're like, well, why do you change your name, your show called The Podcast? And I go, because I don't want to have any relation to the word pod. Um, <laughs> side note there, that's kind of funny. But let's play this game a little bit. So it's a deck of cards. And, I, and I've been playing this out. It's a 52 deck of cards. And I'm going to pick a few random cards here. All right, we're going to try this here. So uh, touch, touch, touch a card. Um, the one on the, wait, yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here's the first question. It is right. Cause it's backwards. And would you rather go 30 days without your phone or your entire life without dessert? Dude, that's like a, uh, hold on, hold on. 30 days without my phone or I mean, I would want to go without my phone and I don't really do dessert. So it doesn't really like apply all right, too all right, much. I do all right, all right. dessert like once or twice a month. Okay. I would say the uh, phone thing. I'd rather go 30 days without my phone. Cause I do like no, sweets. I, they're, I he they're healthy, but, but yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a tough one, but I love my phone. It's my biggest addiction. All right. What's your most unusual talent? It's a PG show here. What's your most unusual talent? Uh, a former talent of mine was doing backflips. Um, I actually did one for the first time in two years on the on the nice. beach uh, this this past weekend. And you lived to tell about it. I lived to tell about it. Yeah, I did a did probably like four of them. Um, <laughs> you didn't break your neck. Successful four out of eight times. I didn't. I didn't like land on my neck the other four times. But I. Um, I. Uh, I just you know you what happens a lot of times is or with me I have this mental block where like. I, I like I jump up and then I don't actually go like I just jump up and then I bail like I don't do anything yeah. and you just end up jumping up and uh, <laughs> but I did it so that, I guess that's yeah. not, that's it's, it's a rare ish talent I yeah. don't know if, yeah, I, if I have anything other it's unusual yeah I mean I, I have a talent that that I learned and, and it's actually good timing I my wife and I are celebrating our 10 year anniversary wedding anniversary on friday which is pretty incredible uh nice man the lover, like nice. the day i met her but one of my unusual talents is uh and you you, learned, you did i remember we talked about that you didn't go on birthright because you met her yeah you remember from the from the, from the podcast yeah, I but i could open up beer bottles with my wedding ring 
And the first time I did it, I was taught it by somebody who's actually not in our life anymore. But somebody taught me that. And my wife said to me, you're going to scratch the ring. I've been doing that for 10 years consistently, at least 100 bottles of beer a year on it. And I don't have one scratch on this ring. Um, so my wife, I say, that's my unusual talent. And I'm still going to do it. And I can open up beer bottles there. Um, and last but not least. <clears throat> wow, this is a good one. What would you do if you were invisible for a day? <laughs> it's fun, right? This deck is cool. It's, it's, it why would, not? It would. I would really be this oh my fly God. on the wall observing human behavior. In like, I don't know. Maybe I'd. Maybe I'd take a flight to DC and you know be a fly on the wall in the White House. I don't know. Um, That's scary, man. So. <laughs> I would, I, I, but it would. The, the goal of the day would be to understand human behavior, and on I love a deeper it. level. Good stuff. So we're going to end it on that note. We're also going to end it because we are approaching over the one o'clock hour. We're also going to end it because I did not bring my charger with me and I'm at 19% on there too. But I want to thank uh, Hala Taha. I want to thank Jordan Paris and everybody watching us at home for this fun experimental episode. Every podcast live is experimental. We're trying new things. That's what the platform is for. Uh, I love, you know, reconnecting with my old buddies here, people that believe in me and I believe in them. And that's what it's all about. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Jordan. And everyone watching at home, remember, take your online offline. Catch us next yeah. week for the podcast live where I will have the Mark Metry on the show uh -huh. next Wednesday. Talk about his new book, Screw Being Shy. That should be a fun one. And asking him much deeper questions than all his Mark Metry-isms because there's a lot to. Jordan, we'll have a sidebar on that because I want to ask your questions about what questions I should ask Mark. To really <laughs> some off. I want to poke the bear. I want to really upset him. Okay. I know he's bugging out right now with the coronavirus, but everybody watching, stay safe, wash your hands, take care, and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Adam. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.